0: Coming today on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zung. The narcissist is really, really afraid of being abandoned and that would hurt them the most. But let me tell you, you cannot save them and staying with them will absolutely suck your soul. So the big questions are these. to make a narcissist panic and lose control. So by the end of this video, you're going to have seven of them. So number one, ignore them, because you know what they want. They want attention. They go fishing for you. They go like this. And they reel you in. You know how they do that? They bait you. They try to trigger you. I actually had a client one time. This was the funniest thing. It was like, oh my gosh, the craziest thing. They actually got separated while she was still pregnant. He left her while she was still pregnant. We came up with a parenting plan agreement while she was still pregnant. And then as soon as the baby was born, he was supposed to come over to her house to have the parenting time. He made such a big deal of it. He would actually Bring a video camera and act like she was going to do something to him while she was over there, like just recovering from having a baby for his like hour of parenting time while this baby was sleeping or whatever. And, you know, setting up this tripod and the whole thing just to. You know, trigger her and try to, you know, get some rise out of her. And she was so annoyed by this. And you know what I told her? I was like, let him, because it's just going to show what a loser he is, right? Just ignore him. So, one of the best ways to make a narcissist panic is just to ignore them. And the more that you don't react, the more they will up their game and it will cause them to do something. They will become unglued. They have a short temper and it will cause them to do something that they're not supposed to do. Ignore them. That's number one. Number two is criticize them. I know that you probably don't want to have to do that, but another way to make them panic is to maybe just call them out, you know? They have this high threshold for wanting to look good to the world. They want to look good to everybody, right? So even the slightest a little bit of criticism and cause them to go into a tailspin. They're so easily slighted. They they try to deflect criticism by attacking anybody. They just are so easily slighted. They're, 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 their 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 self esteem is so fragile that any little teeny thing can be perceived as criticism, even if you're not criticizing them. I honestly would not do that, but. If you want to watch them lose control, you want them to see, you see them panic, that's what you'll see happen. The next thing is disagree with them. Disagreeing with a narcissist is a surefire way to make them lose control. They want to always be right, right? So that's why one of the things that I always say, you know, to kind of assuage them is the you know I agree with you even if you're saying like I agree with you that that's what you think I agree with you that that's your opinion I agree with you that we're never going to agree you know like disagreeing with them will trigger their insecurities and they they may try to belittle you they may try to demean you in order to make themselves look feel better so if it's important to you know to them to like look good or whatever So, you know, just let them go most of the time. But if you want to see them panic, if you want to see them lose control, disagree with them and see what happens. I would just let them, you know, I would be strategic about this sort of thing, but remain calm, remain confident. If you want to disagree with them, just look them straight in the eye and be ready. You know, when you're when you're disagreeing, like you have to know who you are when you're doing this. All right. If you know who you are, you are untouchable. I know who I am because when you know who you are, you are untouchable. I know who I am. Number four is challenge them. When you challenge them, you will make them lose control. And when you're ready to do this, be ready to run. All right. They hate being challenged. It makes them feel like they're not intelligent. I think it's better fluff for favor, vomit later. That's what I say. If you want to challenge them, then you know, you can do that. But when you challenge a narcissist, make sure you do it in a respectful manner, make sure you do it in a calm manner. Otherwise, you're like getting the hornets nest upset over there, right? You know, you you don't want to give them ammunition against you. And be careful that you stay calm. Be very careful about that. Number five, stand up for yourself. Now, this I actually agree with. I think it's good to stand up for yourself when you're ready. You know, I say step one, don't run. Step two, make a U-turn. Step three, break free. But when you're ready, you have to make sure that you have a good support system around you. If you don't have that yet, please make sure you join Narcissist Negotiators with Rebecca Sung, my Facebook group. Join that. If you don't have good therapy, if you don't have good access to therapy, we have a partnership on this channel, BetterHelp. Go to betterhelp.com. And get access to therapy, betterhelp.com forward slash Rebecca Sung. That is our access to therapy for you. It is our partnership. You don't pay any extra for that. It is our sponsorship for you. We want you to have access to help that you can trust, all right? Betterhelp.com forward slash Rebecca Sung. But standing up for yourself is a great way to take control away from a narcissist. Narcissists try to take control of from you they want to put you down they want to make you feel inferior and if you are ready to stand up for yourself and not take any more of their crap it'll show them that you're not going to take any more that you're not going to be controlled that they can't bully you into submission that i think is a good thing that's you know a person who knows who they are is is their kryptonite right Authentic power is always stronger than you know their false sense of power, always stronger. Number six, again, I definitely agree with, set boundaries, set boundaries with them. This is step one, don't run. Setting boundaries with a narcissist is essential. If you want to maintain any semblance of control in the relationship, narcissists will try to cross your boundaries. In order to get what you want. So it's important that you're firm and clear with what you want and not tolerate anything that you don't want from them. Be very, very clear with that. Step one, don't run. Set boundaries with them, all right? Very, very important. Finally, number seven is expose them. Now, again, this is part of my slay methodology. You want to be very, very strategic about this and how you go about doing this. You don't just go ahead and do this. This is all part of creating leverage, part of creating strategy, part of the whole how you set this up is very, very important. Exposing a narcissist can be very effective and help and having them lose control. But you have to be very careful in how you do this. And this is what I teach you how to do when you're negotiating with narcissists, all right? So because what it looks like when a narcissist loses control isn't great. Okay, so what narcissists hurt you so many times, how about you know what hurts the narcissist the most for a change? And this is really important because this really has so much to do with how to powerfully negotiate with narcissists. And this is something that I teach all the time. This is something that I really, really share in my negotiation courses and in my training. So this is the critical piece. And by the way, you need to watch till the end because the ending is going to absolutely shock you. All right, so the one thing they really don't want more than anything is they don't want to be exposed. There's different levels of things for narcissists. They don't want to be exposed meaning they want to look good at all times. They don't want to be exposed. So one of the main things that could really hurt a narcissist is criticism in front of people they Respect. And this could come in a lot of different forms. So, making them look bad in front of others, criticizing their intelligence, criticizing their looks, their success. You could be out to dinner. You could say something so benign, so benign, you know, like we were out at a gas station and he wasn't pumping the gas himself or something like that, you know. I I don't know. I mean I'm just totally making stuff something up. This isn't something that ever happened to me in my real life just so you know. And the husband could like go flipping out over that. I mean, something that you wouldn't even think wouldn't even be a thing. He didn't drink all of his coffee. I mean, anything. And all of a sudden like that's a huge thing. You just never know what could set them off sometimes because Sometimes I always joke that narcissists hear your tones like dogs hear whistles. I mean sometimes you could say something to them and they go, Oh, you know, you said something to me in a very sarcastic way and you I didn't say anything, but they hear that as a criticism. Sometimes they take things in a way that's a criticism that's not even a criticism and they're very easily slighted. They don't like that. Sometimes it's just even sharing personal information about them with other people perceived perceive to be personal. They don't like that. Sometimes it's having an achievement invalidated. They don't like that. There's a lot of different things, but if they are criticized in front of people in a certain way, they definitely don't like that. And so when you're going to negotiate with them, certainly any kind of potential exposure is going to be a great way to create leverage. In my Slay methodology, which is strategy, leverage, anticipate, and focusing on you, I talk a lot about how to create that, that strategy, that leverage. And leverage is oftentimes tied up in that potential exposure because they really don't want to be criticized. They really don't want to be exposed. In my video, How to Make a Narcissist Panic, I talk about... How to Make a Narcissist Panic. You can definitely check that out if you'd like. They definitely do not want to be exposed. So that is one thing where you could really hurt that narcissist. Okay, number one, criticism in front of people they respect. All right, number two, it could even be more in a private setting, but being ignored or being told no. Any kind of thing where you're ignoring the narcissist. And by the way, This is one of those things, good for the goose, not good for the gander or gander goose, whatever. Who's ghosting all the time? Mm -hmm. Yeah, narcissists have no problem doing that too you, but definitely can't ignore them. I mean, they will flip out if you ignore them or tell them no or just any kind of thing where they feel like they're not in control, they don't like that. Or if you tell them they're not good enough or they're worthless or anything like that, of course, they don't like that. Who likes that anyway? I mean, obviously, but they really don't like that. I mean, if you tell... Somebody who has a strong sense of self that they're not good enough, that they're not worthless, or something like that, you know, they might go okay, whatever. But if you tell a narcissist that, they might get extremely defensive. They may not like that at all. You really don't want to do that sort of thing. Even private with a narcissist, they can projection, deflection, especially if they can be abusive or something like that. You really have to be careful about that as well. But okay. So those are the first two. Now I'm going to unveil what I told you is I think going to shock some of you. This is not what you normally would think of when it comes to narcissists, but it's true. And I've told you guys many times that the narcissist is this most scared little person on the planet deep down inside. And so the last one, the thing that scares them the most, the thing that is would hurt them the most. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or Shopify's POS Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bestlife, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com com slash best life to take your retail business to the next level today. shopify.com slash best life. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the hardest thing for you to take time to do in a day? I know for me, it's anything related to self-care, yet I know it's something I need to do the most. Taking that time to work on my mental health is so important and that's why I know so many years ago that therapy was one of the best decisions of my life. It's truly been a game changer for me. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, I seriously encourage you to try BetterHelp. It's it's entirely online, it's designed to be convenient, it's flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a therapist that's perfect for you, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Just visit betterhelp.com negotiate today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash negotiate. Number three is being abandoned. Yep, the narcissist is really, really afraid of being abandoned and that would hurt them the most. But let me tell you, you cannot save them and staying with them will absolutely suck your soul. It will drain the life out of you. Believe me, I know. And I was never with a narcissist in a romantic situation. My situation was I was in a business situation. And then we have one in our family, my husband and I. And there's a reason they're called energy vampires, okay, guys? You can't expect that they will be rehabilitated. You know, you empaths out there, I see you out there. You think you can save them and you cannot. No, you can't. You can't fix what's broken. Something happened deep down inside in them a long time ago. You can't fix it. You can't fill that void. It's a hole that cannot be filled. They have a fear of being abandoned that will hurt the the narcissist the most. You can't fix that, okay? When you become Fearless against narcissists when you no longer have that fear against narcissists. I know what it's like. And what happens when you no longer have fear against narcissists? Well, there's so many different things that happen when that power dynamic shifts. And I've seen it happen so many times, but it's a gradual process, okay? Because, you know, they're in it for. The supply. People think they're in it to win it. They're not in it to win it. They're in it for the supply. They're only in it for the supply. And they're in it for many different forms of supply. And one of the things that I have to explain to people a lot of times is that when you go into the discard phase of the relationship, they really actually shift the Form of supply that they've been getting from you. Okay, so you understand, right, that there have been the different phases of the relationship. They start off with the whole love bombing thing, you know, that charm, which is all really just to get that supply out of you in the first place. They want to get as quickly as possible to the next phase so that they can start getting the supply out of you as as fast as possible. And so as fast as possible, they want to get to the next phase, which is the devalue phase. But it's really more to start exerting control over you because they want to start showing you that they're powerful and they want to start letting you know that they are in control of you how they do that is devaluing you in some ways and letting you know that you are under their thumb and they also are testing you in that devaluing phase okay so part of the ghosting and the devaluing and and all of that is is to test you to see how you react when they do those kinds of things. Are you going to be a good source of supply for them? So then, you know, when you start to pull away, they're coming back just, oh no, no, no. I I don't want you to go because I, I I need you. Leaving them is actually the worst thing that you could possibly do. They have a very, very, very fragile ego. You're really there to serve that need for a supply for them. So then when you enter into that discard phase and you actually do start to want to leave them, they want you to be afraid of them. They want you to fear them. And so then when you do start to leave them, they're afraid of that. They don't want you to leave them because they want you to be afraid of them. They want you to fear them. So now it happened. You've been fully conditioned. So you start to leave them. They go into their tantrum phase. Everything that they have done to control you throughout the relationship, they're going to get worse on. They're going to start to collapse, go crazy. And if you want to know more about what happens when the narcissist starts to collapse, you can definitely check out my video on the narcissist collapse. Not pretty, definitely not pretty. So they start going crazy. They don't want you to leave. So when you do start to leave, Now, you know, they start grasping, they go into all their phases of, you know, whatever they were doing in the first place. Now, when you do start to leave, they're going crazy, right? So, smear campaigns, flying monkeys, all of that. And then, in the middle of a divorce, by the way, it's the worst. Depending on what kind of narcissist you're dealing with, it could be covert, malignant, grandiose. But they're not providing documents. They're using the court system as a sword. They might only provide a certain amount of documents. They're hiding money. They might be manipulating text messages, manipulating evidence. They might be tampering with witnesses, evidence, lying to the court system, using the children. As pawns in the whole thing, suddenly interested in having the children half the time, trying to get the children to be against you. I mean, whatever it is that they need to do, right? Now you finally are getting past all of that. And you start to see through them and you're on the other side of that. And you start to realize how strong you actually are. And you start to really realize how pathetic they actually are. And you start to realize how strong you actually are. You start to realize that you are actually the stronger one. And you've gotten on the other side of seeing how you've actually been able to slay this beast, you will be so shocked at how they behave. They're going to be avoiding you. They don't want to go anywhere near you. And by the way, they do trade forms of supply. I started to mention that. So, whatever form of supply they were getting from you in the relationship, whether it was money, services, sex, you were doing stuff for them, they trade that during the discard phase for manipulating you, making you crazy. People think they just want to win. they don't just want to necessarily win because they they trade that for driving you absolutely insane. And that's why these cases never settle because they love jerking you around. But when you don't fear them anymore, that's when they don't actually want to have anything more to do with you because you're no longer a good source of supply. And by the way, that's the type of person that the narcissist most respects, the person who doesn't fear them. In order to respond to narcissists when they disrespect you, they're constantly trying to bait you, they're constantly trying to get you emotionally riled up, and they know exactly what to say. You know, a lot of times you've been in a romantic relationship with them, and so they know you. They know exactly what to say, and they constantly disrespect you. It's so, so hard when they're constantly disrespecting you and you're wondering, how can you respond to them? And first of all, why do they constantly disrespect you? Well, they do it because they don't respect themselves. They hate themselves. Remember that people treat other people in a way that is a direct reflection of the way they feel about themselves. Think about, that. So you can't take things personally. And I've often said that one of my favorite books is The Four Agreements, which is a super easy read by the way. If you haven't ever read it, it's a very you can read it in an afternoon. And it's four agreements that you keep with yourself. And one of the agreements is That you never take anything personally because the fact that people treat people the way they feel about themselves. You know, people feel good about themselves. They treat people well. People feel poorly about themselves. They treat people poorly. And so how they treat people poorly. They treat people, you know, like rap because when they do that, and they build themselves up. When they get that emotional reaction out of you, it gives them a high, it gives them a feeling of value. And so it gives them that supply, it gives them that hit. It's their drug, it's their food, it's their lifeblood, it's their oxygen, and they need an endless amount of it. It's really, really hard. I say, when you're getting out of a relationship with a narcissist, you have to kind of start to pivot. You gotta turn, you gotta turn it all around, shift that dynamic. A power switch, and it doesn't happen overnight. Because if you've been in a re- relationship with a narcissist long term, then it's baby steps. They've been conditioning you, and so you can't just go, "Okay, I'm going to switch it around." So I say, step one, don't run. Step two, make a U-turn. Step three, break free. You're switching that dynamic, and then you can, you know, apply my sleigh methodology. If you're negotiating with them, strategy, leverage, anticipate, focus on you. But you can start by step one. Step one is don't run. You put boundaries into place. So, what's the first step? You just put some boundaries into place. One thing that I, one of the first phrases I love to use when narcissists are disrespecting you or you're trying to just get them to be dispelled, you just kind of dissipate them a little bit, dissipate their anger. I love to use the phrase I agree with you. You have to be careful because if they're saying things like you're a horrible mother or you're a terrible dad or you're a deadbeat or something, you know, you got to be careful because you don't want to say something that's going to they're going to end up using it against you in court or something. You make sure that you use it in this way. I agree with you that that's what you think. You know, so they're disrespecting you. You need to get out of it. You just want to calm them down. You just want to get yourself out of there. So I use terms like "I agree with you" because they hear "I agree," and you're not agreeing to anything. The second one I like to use is "I can see that you are upset." And I love phrases like this because you are actually now starting to remove yourself from the situation and starting to observe it as if you are a third party. That way you can start to see them. For who they are. And that really starts to help your healing. It starts to get you on the path to becoming the more powerful version of yourself. You start to remember who you are. And number three is very similar, where you start to say things where you're just observing them, where you say, Your approach is not working for me. Again, you're pushing it back on them. Your approach, it's not working. For me, you're gonna have to find a different one. You are the one who's upset. You are remaining calm. You are the steady one. It's making them appear to be the one who's the crazy one. You stay steady. Number four, again, is similar in a way. You just say, okay, and just look at them. You say nothing. You don't take their bait. You just observe. Or you could just look at them like this. Mm, it's sort of like an okay, but, mm like that. Number five, you want to engage me in conversation? You will have to remain calm, factual, and non-emotional. You're looking at them and you're saying, hey there, buddy boy, or young lady, or whoever it is that you're talking to. You don't have to say it like that, but you're just basically, that's your attitude. You want to engage me in conversation? You will have to remain calm, factual, and non-emotional. And you just stand there And you are the one who is calm, factual, and non emotional. Number six, I know that you are hurt. You can say, I know that you're angry. I know that you're upset, or whatever words you want to use, however it is that you want to describe them. But that is not a valid reason for being disrespectful. So you can. Look at them, you can observe whatever emotion it is that you're observing, right? So they're disrespecting you, so you can observe their emotion. Again, you observing, you remaining calm. You're looking at them like as if they're a a toddler having a tantrum on the floor. Number seven, if they're just completely and utterly disrespectful or say something that is completely and utterly like personal or just ridiculous, you can just say, I'm choosing not to respond to that. That's number seven. Number eight, I'm going to have to ask you to respect my boundaries, especially if you have set down boundaries. You've already said, I don't want you to email me at this address, or I don't want you to use this form of communication or whatever it is that is a boundary that they've decided to cross, and that's a disrespect to you, I'm going to have to ask you to respect my boundaries because they will totally disrespect your boundaries. The next one is, I hear you. Not saying anything. You're watching them. You're looking at them and letting them have their tantrum. Just like you're watching the toddler having the tantrum on the floor. You didn't say anything. A lot of times just by saying, I hear you, it got heard and that's what they wanted. The last one is if we are going to continue to communicate, I'm going to have to ask you to speak to me. Or write to me or communicate with me, whatever it is, however it is that you're communicating at that moment in a way that is respectful. You know, if you are talking, you obviously are saying, speak to me. If you're having a text message or if you're having an email, whatever it is. But if we're going to continue to communicate, it's going to have to be respectful. And then if they don't continue to communicate in a way that is respectful, you have every right to not continue the communication at that time. You do not have to stand there and be disrespected. You don't, and you know I've been in situations with other lawyers. I've been in situations where I've had to take it. I mean, especially you know with other male lawyers or whatever. And I've straight up said, I'm not standing here having this conversation with you. We can either wait until you're ready to have a conversation with me when you can be respectful, or we can take it up with the judge or an ethics committee if we have to. Sometimes you have to stand in your power, even when you're a. Professional. I'm telling you that you don't have to do this, regardless of who they are. Even if it's a family member, and you have to find what's right for you. You have to find what's right for your own mental health and your own sake and your own sanity and your own soul. I know that it's hard, but you know, life is hard. These are the teaching times. We are in earth school as a soul. And, you know, I'm telling you that if you don't learn this lesson, the lesson will continue to present itself to you. I've learned the hard way, but you can do this. You can do this with help and you can do this with support, with the support of people around you. You can definitely do hard things. That's for sure. I have a private Facebook group, a support system, which you are absolutely welcome to join as Narcissist Negotiators with Rebecca Zung. I also do have a sponsor on this channel. If you need access to therapy. I have an online sponsor, which is BetterHelp, which you can go to betterhelp.com forward slash Rebecca Zung to access that. And we receive commissions on that. It doesn't cost you any extra. We just want you to have access to resources that we trust. Okay. Five weaknesses that every single narcissist has and I want to reveal those to you because they don't want you to know about it. Narcissists are actually way more afraid of you than you are of them. That's the not so secret secret. They are so afraid that you're you're going to find this out. I always say it's like the Wizard of Oz, that it's like that scared little man behind the curtain and they have this big, huge thing that they're trying to put in front of everybody and, and make sure that everybody looks at that but they're actually hiding this shriveled little thing. They don't want anybody to ever see that. And that is really what's going on. That's really what's going on. So in this video, I'm going to give you five fears that they have that they don't ever want people to be revealing. They never want revealed, all right? Americans spend an average of 90% of their time indoors and take 20,000 breaths a day. And according to the EPA, Indoor air is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air and in some cases up to a hundred times more polluted. And data shows that air pollution is responsible for up to 7 million premature deaths globally. I know for myself, my family has struggled with asthma and so clean air is so important to us and that's why having a good air purifier is so important to us. So what's the solution? introducing an air purifier that has captured the attention of media outlets such as CNN, Money, ABC, and more, which is Air Doctor, which filters out 99% of air contaminants such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, and all sorts of things. And it even features a Whisperjet fan, which is quieter than all sorts of air purifiers. Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code YOURBESTLIFE. And depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to $300 off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value, lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com ocom and use the promo code, YOURBESTLIFE. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Forget the grocery store. You can count on HelloFresh to make everything easy, fun, and affordable, and that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Whether your resolution is to save money, eat better, stress less, HelloFresh is here to help you do all three, and that's why I love their fresh ingredients, their chef-crafted recipes, and you'll love the, the delivery right to your doorstep everything is farm fresh everything comes right pre-packaged to your doorstep no hassle no wasted food and no boredom you get 45 different recipes to choose from weekly and you can even add on your market items they choose you can whatever lifestyle you have keto whatever it is you can choose from all of that as well and what i love is that when it's time for dinner, you just go right to the refrigerator, you can pull it out and if your spouse likes something different than you like, you can just choose whatever they like and then you can choose whatever you love and that's what the the really great thing is and especially if you're both working, it's super easy, super convenient and really, really healthy. So go to HelloFresh.com slash negotiate free and use the code Negotiate free for free breakfast for life, one breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash negotiate free with the code negotiate free. America's number one meal kit. So the number one is the fear of being challenged. Have you ever tried to challenge a narcissist in any way at all? They absolutely hate that. I mean, even if you play like a board game with them, they do not want to be challenged in any way, shape, or form. Even if you, if if it doesn't matter, there's no consequences. You know, I know for myself. When I'm in a situation with a narcissist, you know, unless it's a situation where I'm dealing with them and as a lawyer, if it's my personal life, I tend to just be like, whatever, dude, have it because who cares? You know, because they do not want to be challenged in any way. And I think it's kind of like a game, you know? Because they take everything so personally, but they have this massive fear of being challenged any way, shape, or form, and they will take it to the end. That's number one. Number two is a fear of being slighted, and you know this kind of goes hand in hand with that fear of being challenged. But this goes even further this goes even deeper i mean this can even go down, down you know into that whole road rage thing you know where if somebody is like a malignant narcissist and they think that somebody has cut them off in traffic or has looked at them wrong they will take this to the next level and because they have this narcissistic injury and it if it's triggered then that narcissistic rage comes flying out. And they think that once that happens, they're not thinking clearly. They are full on in that emotional state and survival mode. And it's, you know, if I don't do something about it, then- I won't survive kind of a thing. I mean, it it goes back to their childhood where they really feel like if if they don't go on this often, there's almost like an animalistic instinct within them. It makes them feel that if they don't lash out, that they will not survive in some way. I mean, it's deep, deep deep-seated within them and it, it's a, a an emotional state in their brain that makes them feel that they need to react so vehemently and so violently sometimes. So that fear of being slighted, and you know, it could be a tone of your voice, it could be a look in your eye, it could be your body language. If they feel they're slighted in some way, they can react pretty strongly sometimes. So fear of being slighted, Coming up, more on Negotiate Your Best Life with Rebecca Zohn. They'll ignore you, right? They do this ghosting, this hot and cold thing. They do this to try to control you. They do this early on, right after the love bombing. But if you do this back to them, then they start flooding you. They start going crazy. They start showing up. They start, you know, absolutely going bananas on you. Are you struggling with a narcissist in your life? Whether it's a family member, a friend, a business partner, a soon-to-be ex, whoever it is, are you ready to shift that power dynamic, but you're just feeling like you cannot win, like everybody is believing their lies, and you're just... Feeling like there's just no way that you can shift that power dynamic. I've got a brand new masterclass for you. I'm sharing all my secrets and so that you can finally take back your power and break free from this hell emotionally, physically, and spiritually. I've never done this free masterclass before. Go to Break Free From Hell and sign up. Come be with me and get my secrets so that you can finally take back your power and break break. break free, break free from hell. And let's do this. Take a listen to our archive where you can listen to more episodes that show you the path to how to negotiate your best life. Your view of your future is going to change. So like even me right now, I might think about what's most exciting for me and where I want to be. But every goal is always a means. So, like, even if I go and then achieve that goal and realize that future self, then my future self will also have a future. There's never a point when you don't have a future. And now we return to today's show. Number three is fear of being abandoned. And, you know, this is an interesting one because. They will oftentimes start discarding you. They will oftentimes say, you can leave anytime. I don't care. I don't want you. If it's a business or personal relationship, they could treat you so poorly, ghost you, not talk to you for days at a time. I find this whole thing so ironic, so paradoxical, because you think, why in the world would anyone want to stay? Stay in a relationship that is so toxic, so horrible, when somebody has treated you so badly, and yet they have this massive fear of being abandoned, you know, where you don't want, why would you want to stay in a relationship like that? But then you end up wanting to often stay because you end up having these massive highs, these massive lows, and you become so trauma-bonded to them a lot of times. I know, but you don't want to have fear. You don't want to have that fear of leaving, you know you want to end up becoming powerful against them so no more fear no more fear for you you know you can do this you can do this and i want you to put that in the comments right now i can do this i can do this because you can you can turn this ship around you can you can start to turn this power dynamic around I can help you. If you need phrases for disarming narcissists, I have phrases to help you do that. Go to disarmthenarc.com and grab my free phrases for disarming narcissists at disarmthenarc.com and use those for emails, for text messages, for talking to them, for communicating with them. It's a great place for you to start, disarmthenarc.com. And know that you don't need to have fear, all right? So number four is fear of being alone. They hate being alone. Have you ever noticed that? They don't like to have their own thoughts. They want to have people around them all the time. Once that discard phase has happened, they have a new form of supply almost immediately because that's where they get their supply from you know remember they don't have any internal sense of value so they have to get all of their value from external sources and what does that mean it's from other people generally i mean yeah they can get it from those big houses or money or whatever but None of that matters unless somebody's noticing it, right? So money is, is great, prestige is great, but somebody has to be seeing it to notice it. So they've got to have people around them. So fear of being alone is a big, big part of that. So number four is fear of being alone. Number five is the biggie, the biggie. The big, massive one, and this is where when you go to negotiate with a narcissist, this is how you create leverage. This is it. And in my Slay program, this is what I teach. And that is that they have a massive fear of being alone. Massive fear of being alone. Fear of being exposed. Fear of being exposed for who they are. This is what you definitely can build your leverage on, massive fear of being exposed. Their top shelf supply is how they look to the world, and that's how you build your leverage. Remember, SLAY stands for strategy, leverage, anticipate, and stay two steps ahead of them and focus on you. And you being on the offensive and then your mindset. And so L is leverage. How do you build that leverage? It is around how they look to the world and you not being jerked around anymore, right? So how do you do that? You find a form of supply that's more important for them to keep than the supply that they get from jerking you around and then threaten that form of supply. And the way that you can build that is figuring out what it is that is their fear of being exposed. Remember, they don't want to be exposed. So that's their biggest fear. Number five, fear of being exposed. Okay, three small words that greatly retin narcissist They don't want to hear these words. They're tiny words, but they are huge when it comes to narcissists. So the very first one is, of course, the one that they don't want to hear because they want to... Have control over you at all times, right? I mean, remember what I've said all the time, that narcissists are way more afraid of you than you are of them. And why is that? Because they want to have their world. They don't want their territory to be threatened. So the very first one is no. They fear any form of rejection, and denial because it threatens their sense of control. You know, the worst thing that, they, that you can do is say no to them. That's why when I'm teaching people how to negotiate, you don't just straight up say no. You want to look for ways to make it seem like you're kind of going along, at least for a while. You know, one of the things that I teach people is. Something that I call fluff for favor, vomit later. And what that means is you're going to fluff up their ego like you're fluffing up a pillow. I call it ethically manipulating the manipulator. How that works is you seem like you're giving them something, which you are, which you're giving them compliments or giving them something so that they feel really great so that you can get something that you want in return. If you want QuickBooks done or something like that, you say, hey, can you get the QuickBooks done? You're so much smarter. You got, you, you know, you're so much better at it. It'll get so, done so much faster if you do it than if I would do it. I, I barely even know what I'm doing on it. I don't know, whatever you want to say, but you can't say it with any sort of tone or you can't be sarcastic about it. You can't say I'm good at it too. You know, or anything like that, because they don't want to hear anything good about you. you have to say something good about them because they they want to hear good things about themselves. So that's why you you know if you say no and you're rejecting them, they hate that. That's just one of the things that you know they don't want to hear. So trying to not straight up say no because you know they're gonna want to push right back against you. It greatly threatens them. So that's number one. The second thing, that they absolutely hate is growth. That's why they don't want to go to a therapist. That's why they don't want to go to marriage counseling and they don't want change. They don't want development. They, they don't want to have to do any kind of self-exploration. They don't want to have to be looking at anything that's going to challenging their core beliefs about who they are. You know, And, and they don't want to have to be held accountable For anything, you know, anything that's going to shine the light on them, where they're going to have to take responsibility for anything, is a terrible situation for them. They don't want to have to be looking at growth programs or anything. They want to stay in this false self situation. They like that. That's comfortable for them because. They don't want to have to look at this scared little self inside. They've spent a lot of years keeping that held deep in. And anything that challenges that is is not going to be good. So they don't like the word no, and they don't want to hear anything about growth. Both things are extremely threatening for them. As you know that this is true so far. It'll start to bring on the narcissist collapse. If you wanna hear, see more about what happens when a narcissist starts to collapse, I have a whole video on that topic, which you can definitely check out. The next thing that they don't like to see at all are the one thing that I'm definitely going to recommend that you do, and that is create boundaries. And this is something you have to do in order to start your own healing process. Again, they want to maintain their sense of control over you, But you have to create boundaries in order to start the process. So I say step one, don't run. Step two, make a U-turn. Step three, break free. And in step one, to start the process of your own healing, to get away from them, to start that process of of not having so much toxicity in your life, you need to have some sort of boundary. And the very first boundary that you can create might just be, you you don't get to talk to me in a certain way. You don't. You don't get to talk to me in a way that's disrespectful. And you can, you can even say, you know, something like, "I'm not okay with you speaking to me in this way." And by the way, I have phrases for disarming narcissists, which you can get at disarmthenarc.com. So just go to disarmthenarc.com and get them. Disarmthenarc.com phrases for disarming narcissists. And and make sure that you also have a form of support around you. So go to my a free private Facebook group, you can join that, Narcissist Negotiators with Rebecca Sung. Make sure you join my free private Facebook group. If you don't have therapy, I have a sponsor on this channel, which I highly recommend that you definitely get some sort of therapy. And so... I have an online sponsor, which is betterhelp.com. And so you can better, betterhelp.com forward slash Rebecca Zung to access that. Any kind of therapy that works for you and that you feel is working for you is going to be best. But um, betterhelp.com forward slash Rebecca Zung is uh, another way that you can do that. We receive commissions on that. It doesn't cost you any extra. So those are the three small words that greatly threaten narcissists. No growth and boundaries. Small words. Big threaten, don't put yourself into any sort of harm's way. Again, like I said, do things in a smart way. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft CoPilot. That feeling when CoPilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When CoPilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when CoPilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all. Did you know that they're now saying that it's up to 15% of the population are narcissistic. And if each one of those people emotionally abuses just three people in their lifetimes, that ends up to being 158 million Americans or 3.4 billion people on the planet. That's nearly half of everybody. And that's probably a low number, right? So they're driving the rest of us crazy. So what actually drives narcissists crazy? And by the way, if you haven't subscribed to this channel and you want to do that now, I suggest you do that. Subscribe, hit that notification bell. I do upload brand new videos every single day. And by the way, if you want a freebie, 15 free key phrases to disarm narcissists, something that I've personally drafted to help help my own clients be able to respond to those crazy text messages, those crazy emails. You want to be able to craft something to be able to communicate with narcissists in a powerful way. Go to disarmthenark.com. Disarmthenarc.com. It's totally free. Grab that for you. Okay, four issues that drive narcissists crazy. Number one is being ignored. They hate being ignored more than then Anything. Okay. So, and by the way, I'm working my way up to number one. And the number one thing when I get to it is going to be your best leverage when you are negotiating with them. So, you want to stay and watch till the number one thing that drives a narcissist crazy. So, the first thing I'm going to tell you is being ignored. They hate being ignored, of course, because, you know, they thrive on attention. That's their supply. That's their food. That's their oxygen, right? They need that constant validation from others. When they're being ignored, it feels like a personal attack on them. And so they can be- get angry. They can become withdrawn. You know, by the way, they'll ignore you, right? They do this ghosting, this hot and cold thing. They do this to try to control you. They do this early on, right after the love bombing. But if you do this back to them, then they start flooding you. They start going crazy. They start showing up. They start, you know, absolutely going bananas on you, right? They they may even start showing up wherever you are, right? So they really, really hate being ignored for sure. The next thing That they really, really hate is being criticized. Even if you're not criticizing them at all, like you just say, Oh, you know, are those new shorts or something like that? I mean, it's not even like a criticism. You're just, asking a question they see something sometimes as a slight you know even if it's just a certain tone that you use sometimes you know like you don't even have a tone they see the hear tone i always say narcissists hear tones like dogs hear whistles anything that they see as a perceived slight they will absolutely go crazy So they have to be seen as perfect. They have to be seen, especially to certain people, as perfect. And if they feel like they're being criticized in any way, then they will go crazy, right? So they become defensive, they become aggressive, and they don't want to be attacked in any way, all right? So that's number two. The third thing is being rejected. Don't want to be rejected. Now, nobody wants to be rejected. That doesn't feel good to anybody. I mean, it it feels horrible to be rejected, especially by people that you love or people that you think highly of or people that you want to be accepted by. That feels terrible to all of us, right? But for narcissists, it's hard. Horrible. I mean, for narcissists, they always see things in black or white. It's always you're all good or you're all bad. And they never can see the good things if they're only in the bad state, right? And so if you are against them, If you're not for them, then they, you become public enemy number one and they have to take you down. They have to seek revenge. You, you know, they have to make you look bad before you can make them look bad because they're afraid that you have information about them. They're afraid that you might expose them. You know, they become obsessed with all of that. Right. And that's, it's a huge trigger for them. And so, you know, you have to stay away from all of that. All right. So I'm making my way to the fourth and last thing that really drives a narcissist crazy. Have you guessed what it is? Do you know what it is? I'm telling you right now what it is. Ready? It's being exposed. Being exposed is the absolute worst thing for a narcissist. Being exposed, and that's where your leverage lies. Being exposed, especially being exposed to people that they think highly of, people that they um, admire, people that they respect, their best form of supply. That is the absolute holy grail for them. That is the absolute worst possible thing that could happen to them. And so if you potentially expose them, that will drive them absolutely crazy. And, And so threatening to expose them is where your leverage lies. And that's where your strategy lies. And that's all wrapped up in my SLAY methodology, which stands for strategy leverage, anticipating and focusing on you, which is SLAY. Slay the narcissist. You want a narcissist to lose their mind? I'm going to give you 10 ways to make them do that. So make sure you stay tuned all the way till the end and make sure that you get a notepad and start writing it down because you definitely want to see how this is going to go. Now, make sure you make sure your safety is always key, okay? Number one, hold them account to their behavior. They don't want to be held accountable for their behavior, especially the covert nurse says, this is the one thing that most people don't do. I know I didn't do when I had a narcissistic business partner, at least not right away, because they're so passive aggressive, especially at the beginning. You're like, what is going on here? I know for me, I didn't speak up quickly enough, and so that's how they start conditioning you at the beginning. You know, so for me, I know the narcissistic business partner that I had would like promise to do things and then not do them. And I would be like, "Should I say something? Should I not? If you hold them to account to their behavior every single time. And I'm telling you this as an attorney, you cannot let them get away with anything. So if they were supposed to have discovery in on a certain date, you need to file that motion right away. Hold them account to their behavior. You know if they show up someplace after they said they were sick, go right up to them and say I thought you weren't feeling well. They're not used to people saying things directly to them. Hold them account for their behavior. That's number one. Number two is stop giving them primary supply. They will lose their minds. You know, diamond level supply is what they love. So they love you to feed their ego. They love you to make them feel like they're amazing. Whatever it is that they that is that primary source of supply that they're getting from you. If you cut off that primary source of supply, they will lose their minds. That being said, I will say to you, sometimes you want to continue to give them a certain source of supply if it is something that you're doing strategically. So I have this one particular strategy that I call fluff for favor, vomit later, where you're, you're kind of ethically manipulating the manipulator, where you give them something and in return, you know you're getting something that you want. So for example, you might say, can you handle doing the QuickBooks this month? You're so much better at it than I am and it will be done so much more efficiently than if I did it. You want to make sure that there's no sarcasm in there or anything like that. But you're giving them something to stroke that ego, something that they love. Stop giving them primary supply if all you're doing is giving them supply just to give them supply. Okay, that will make them lose their minds. The next one is implications that their control is Threatened. So if they see that they're losing their grip on you, if they see that that grip is slipping away in some way, then they will lose their minds. They're going to start to have a little bit of a temper tantrum. That's okay. That's how you switch that dynamic of power. It's going to be an adjustment for you, it's going to be an adjustment for them. The way I like to describe it is a two-year-old having a tantrum on the floor. When a two-year-old has a tantrum, they feel like all they need to do is cry a little bit longer or, or scream louder or kick harder or pound their fists on the ground a little bit more. And mom and dad will just give in to me because that's what happened last time. That's what's going on. They're trying to condition you. They're trying to make it you do what they want them to do. If you give in, then they'll just do that more next time. So it feels unfamiliar to you when you're conditioning them back, but that's okay. You'll be okay and they'll be okay. Remember, they'll be the worst right before they're ready to give up. The next one is, They will lose their mind if you leave them or abandon them, even if they have said they want to leave you or go ahead and leave me or we're not right for each other, we need to be done or anything like that because it's that push-pull thing that leave me, I hate you don't leave me, I hate you don't leave me. They don't want you to actually leave them. They want you to prove how much you love them. They want you to, or they want you to feel manipulated. They they enjoy messing with your feelings. That is part of the game for them. So if you actually leave them, if you actually abandon them, they will lose their minds. And if any of this is resonating with you, go ahead and put yes in the comments. And by the way, I have other videos on the narcissistic relationship, the love bombing, the devaluing, and the discard phases, which you definitely should check out if you haven't seen those before. The next one is standing up for yourself, especially if you haven't stood up for yourself in the past. They won't like it. They will lose their minds. That's another thing that will start to upset them. But again, baby steps. You're taking that switch. You're switching that dynamic of power. You're course correcting. It's not going to feel comfortable to do it all overnight, but you can do it. You can turn it around. I say step one, don't run. Step two, make a U-turn. Step three, break free. You can turn it around. The next thing that will make them go crazy is ignoring attempts to manipulate you. If you ignore those attempts to manipulate you, and you just start going gray rock, which is what what you're doing. You're like a gray rock. You know, it's just boring. Then it will make them go crazy because they want to, they want to go fishing. They want they want to reel you in. And if you stay above that fray, then it will drive them absolutely crazy. The next one is keeping secrets from them. They are not trustworthy people to begin with. So they don't think that they can trust you. You certainly can't trust them. That's why they don't feel like they can trust you because they're not trustworthy. Whatever they're doing behind your back ain't good. So they just assume everybody's like that. So they're assuming that you're doing bad things. So if they find out that you're actually keeping secrets from them, then you know all hell breaks loose. It is what it is. And then, of course, the last one, The last one is, you know, it's all part of that slave methodology anyway, by the way, you know, where you have to create that strategy, that leverage, anticipating and focusing on you, which I teach you how to do so well if you want to beat those narcissists. And you, by the way, if you are dealing with the narcissist, make sure you have grabbed my free Crush My Negotiation prep worksheet at winmynegotiation.com, your free ebook if you don't have it. What are you waiting for, all right? So make sure you get that. So number 10, threaten to expose them, of course, but make sure you do it within the power of the SLAY methodology, because if you don't do it the right way, it could be dangerous, all right? You really want to make sure that they're highly motivated and you are doing it the safe way, the strategic way the tactical way. So why am I talking about quantum law and karma and all of these things when I'm a lawyer? I'm going to tell you why right now, because mindset is 50% of winning a negotiation. And intention is a huge part of that. 80% of a negotiation is won before you even walk into the room. Because it comes to your planning and preparation, yes, of course. But it is a huge part of it is your is your mindset. It is one of the most important parts of it. And mindset also has to do with your thoughts. And your thoughts are energy. And what quantum law says is that what whatever energy you're putting out there, that's the energy that you're going to get. Like attracts like. It's just physics. Okay? And so when you are like forming a thought in your mind and you're placing that thought out into the world, you are basically placing an order to the universe. And you're saying to the universe, this is what I want to have happen. This is how I want it to go. So if you say things to the universe like, I'm never going to get that, he or she always gets their way. I can never win. I'm not even going to try to get this particular thing because it's never going to happen. The universe goes, okay, because... Whatever your little beams of thought are, that energy that you place out into the world, that's what comes back to you. Your thoughts are literally just protons, neutrons, and electrons, and ions all just floating around in your brain. That's all they are. You can't feel them. You can't touch them. As fast as they come into your brain, they can go back out of your brain. Let's just try an experiment right now. I want you to think about, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think about a white picket fence. Just hold that in your mind. Now let it go. Is it, is it still there? No, it's not. It's gone. And, and it's the same thing with your thoughts. The only thing is when you start to have beliefs, that just means that it's a thought that you've thought over and over and over again. And now it's become a belief. And now you just believe that it's true. But it's only because you've been thinking it so many times that it becomes like true to you, but it doesn't mean it's necessarily true. If you want to know more about power thinking when it comes to narcissists, make sure to check out my video called Power Thinking When It Comes to Narcissists, because making sure you have a powerful mind is going to be so, so important. So what happens when you're when you're harnessing the power of quantum law, is you're basically lining up the 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 power of the universe to say this is how I want it to go. You're you're you're. It's almost like you're putting, you're setting your GPS, and. You know, if you're driving from Los Angeles to San Diego and you don't know how to get there, you're going to put a thing in your GPS, and you're just going to assume that you're going to drive there. At no point do you go, "Well, maybe I'm going to get there. My maybe it's going to happen. Maybe not. You know, maybe I'll end up in in you know Oregon or something like that." You don't think that, right? But that's what we do with our thoughts. We go, "Okay, well, I think I'd like this." Happen, but maybe it won't. Maybe I'll end up over here. Maybe I'll end up over there. You can't. You can't do that when you are harnessing the power of quantum law, because you know the the universe of of physics is such that it will respond to exactly what you put out there. Like attracts like. That is a physics law. And so your thoughts are going to beam out into the energy and whatever it is that you put out there is going to come back to you. So the first step in actually beating that narcissist is believing that you can and not only believing it but knowing it with every cell of your body that this is how it's going. No matter what, this is the direction that it's going to head. I am going to receive this. I am going to let them know that I am more powerful. They are going to see that they are no longer the more powerful one, that they are no longer the one who's controlling me. I am the one who's in control. I am the one who's in control of my thoughts, my life, my outcomes. and then that's how it ends up going to go. The universe wants to respond to you. It it absolutely is at the ready. It's like the soldiers who are just, as soon as you clap, boom, there they are. What would you like? But you have to let them know what it is because if you say, I'm never going to win, I shouldn't even bother to try, then that's how it's going to go. And the other thing that's really, really important is that you need to make sure that you are not saying things to the the universe that's going to make the universe believe that you're not in control. And by saying things like, I'm a victim, I can never win. Or I need a good lawyer, or somebody else has to help me, or I need more money, or all of those kinds of things. You're basically saying to the universe, I don't have it now. I'm not in control. I can't do it. The way things are now, it's not gonna happen. And then that's what's going to happen. You've placed that that order to the universe. So I uh, recently read a book called Untamed by Glennon Doyle, which was really, really great, especially if you're a woman. I don't know, maybe guys would like it too. But um, it was really a good book. And one of the things that she said was her mantra in that book was. I can do hard things. And you know at first I was like, I don't know, I can do hard things, is that a good mantra? And then I started to like think think about it. It was like, okay, now yeah, if if I'm getting ready to do something that maybe feels like a challenge or maybe I'm afraid of, then, you know, just say to yourself, I can do hard things. Um and another one that I read one time was a book by uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, and I think the book was Big Love. Um, and we'll make sure we drop links to these books down below if you want to check them out. Um no obligation, but you, if you want to check them out, you can um, and anyway, the book in the book Big Love, Elizabeth Gilbert talks about fear, and she talks about how anytime she does something new, she used to say, "Oh, I have to get rid of fear I, I can't have fear come with me no matter what you know I, I've, I've got to figure out a way to like get rid of it well, but the truth is that none of us ever completely figure out a way to operate into a new world or a new thing without any fear whatsoever. The courage is doing it in the face of fear, right? Like the cowardly lion in in The Wizard of Oz. And so what Elizabeth Gilbert says in that book is that she has learned to go, okay, and, and like have a conversation with fear and say, all right, fear. We're going on a trip. We're doing this thing. And we're going to get in the car. And you know, I understand that you're going to have to come along. I would like for you not to come along, but I understand that you're coming along against my wishes. So, okay, fine. Fear, you get to come, but You definitely do not get to drive. You have to sit in the back seat, I'm driving. You don't get to drive. You don't get to navigate. You definitely do not even get to touch the radio. You don't get to play the songs. You just have to sit there and shut up while I'm doing this thing and I'm driving. So fear you're coming, but I'm driving. And I thought that was a beautiful, beautiful analogy. So if you want to use quantum law to beat that narcissist, the thing you have to do is start with your thoughts. Start like pinging into the universe. Remember, like attracts like. So what you ping out, pings right back to you. It's like a boomerang. So if you want good things to start coming to you, you better start being very, very aware of the things that you're pinging out into the universe so that the right things start pinging back to you. And that's the way you're going to start the path of beating that narcissist. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. I'm Rebecca Zung. Tune in next week for another edition of Negotiate Your Best Life. episode of Negotiate Your Best Life. Thanks so much for listening. Hey Slayers, I'm here to tell you about a new podcast I'm excited about, Creating Confidence, hosted by Heather Monahan, a part of the Yap Media Network. Heather sits down with experts like Gary Vee, Sarah Blakely, and Les Brown to share with you techniques and strategies to create your confidence, pursue your dreams, and leapfrog villains you'll meet along the way. Creating confidence is about elevating your confidence to the highest level ever and take Your business right there with you. Don't believe me? I'm going to share some of the amazing reviews that I've seen on Apple. Here's one. Heather has the perfect gems of wisdom that not only inspire you, but motivate you into action. I recommend it to anyone who wants to elevate their reach and go to that next level. How about that? That's amazing. Here's another one. Heather is so inspiring and each episode is filled with tips and tricks on how to become more confident and live the life of your dreams. So, if you are looking to level up your confidence, check out Creating Confidence now. Subscribe to Creating Confidence with Heather Monahan today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is.